Welcome back to Cinema Buns. I'm Ritter. I'm Mike. Oh, my name's Kevin. Tell your folks I says hi. <laughs> you had to do the Wisconsin accent. You had to do it. Yeah. There is a dangerous possibility that I might go Midwest a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, today, we uh, are at the Worldwide Women's Film Festival with another special guest. If you want to give a short introduction of yourself and uh, what you're representing. Hi there, my name's Laurie Little, and uh, I'm here with our film Musher. It's a feature-length documentary uh, about uh, four women in sled dog racing on the Lake Superior South Shore. Yay, Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> are you from the Midwest? No, I actually grew up in Quebec, Canada, where winters are long and snowy. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so... I live in Chicago. Oh, okay. So still snowy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, the big question on everyone's mind, why dog sledding? Why, why Where did this, like, start? Yeah, what made uh, dog sledding a, the subject of your film? Uh, very good question. Well, uh, my husband and I go up skiing uh, on the uh, Keweenaw Peninsula, which juts out into Lake Superior and gets tons of snow. And uh, we were up there skiing at Mount Bohemia and came back to our motel uh, to find uh, one of our subjects, Alex LaPlante, feeding this amazing slop to a bunch of dogs. <laughs> and uh, I was just, it, it was amazing to see this scene, this culture. And I talked to her and I had my cell phone with me, took a little video. She said, you have to come out tomorrow morning. We're taking off for the last leg of the Copper Dog 150, 150-mile dog sled race to Calumet. And uh, we did, took a little more uh, footage of that. And then when I got back to Chicago and met up with my friend Anu, who is the co-producer, co-director of Musher, um, and a big dog person herself, she and her mm -hmm. husband B, who's the DP of the film, um, we had our birthday celebrations together and I showed them this video and we were ready to make another film. And we said, we have to do this. And, uh, yeah, so. Nice. So Very it just nice. happenstance you ran kind into of. someone and went, that's cool. Hey, we need to get on this. Yeah. And my parents actually had sled dogs. Uh, when they, before they had children, they had sled dogs up in the north of Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, just to get across the lake to get groceries in the wintertime. Nice. So they, uh, were they, like, um, surprised? Like, did they think of Martha uh, Schuler as, like, a celebrity and you're like oh my god you got to film with her <laughs> yeah she is a celebrity up there for yeah. sure yeah um how did you get to choose uh the four specific women um in your movie yeah very good question um basically when we're doing this style of documentary filmmaking it's uh thought of as verite filmmaking or uh, direct cinema you know we go up and we start to just shoot uh you know and interview we started interviewing different people and trying to get a kind of get a sense of who our subjects may, might be mm -hmm. and you know we followed one one was actually uh some of the veterinarians who were really fascinating and uh we basically met them by you know 
talking to them while they were getting ready for the race. And we started to, yeah, we started to get a sense of who really came across well on film, on video. Mm. And, uh, and then we, you know, narrowed a number of subjects down to the four women. We, we decided let's focus this on these four women because we've got the 11 year old, uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Bieber yeah. and the 63 year old, you know, and then in between. So it started to, uh, we started to see our focus and find our themes while we were shooting. Nice. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, so when it comes to like dog sledding, it, it seems like, cause as they like even pointed out in the film that it's a very expensive sport. Yeah. So, like how does dog sledding work as a sport so like and like what are the prize pools like how like financially like viable is it as a sport or is it just like a is it just a, a fun gr- thing to do over yeah, the weekend yeah <laughs> is it just a very dedicated and passionate like group of people that are just like i mean we know it's expensive but we're gonna do it Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's a lot like filmmaking, the kind of filmmaking uh, we do, which is <laughs> this crazy passion. You can't help yourself. You have to make the next film and you find a way to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think with the dog sled racers, basically, um, they it's a, as you said, very expensive sport and they don't really uh, make any money. Very a handful of people might make some money. But what they do is they have their kennels. And they sell some dogs. Yeah, they have okay. jobs. They're re- some of them are retired. Alex LaPlante is a veterinarian. She has a veterinarian clinic in Duluth. Um, Kelsey's dad has a construction company. But yeah, they basically spend all their time uh, caring for their dogs, exercising them. And, and, and of course, what you were asking was about the passion. What gives them that passion? Um, I think that there's an incredible excitement um, with working with these kinds of dogs because they are little athletes. Right. So they're not like regular dogs, right? They're really uh, super high, high octane dogs. And <laughs> yeah. um, just filled with energy. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the things that came out the most for us was the, the beauty of going through the woods at night mm. by yourself where you're only hearing the panting dogs and their their feet in the snow and there's the there's a magic there's kind of a poetry about it that's kind of zen kind of uh very uh meditative and beautiful and of course these folks love the the north woods yeah Yeah, i can imagine now when you're uh filming a lot of just kind of like the writing um and stuff did you have to follow yourself or did you handle the camera yourself at all I I am a camera person, so that's kind of how I got into documentary. Uh-huh. And uh, so, in a way, this kind of filmmaking, verite filmmaking, we're using the camera as as we're doing our research and and finding our characters as kind of a sketchbook. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's like sketching before painting. Mm-hmm. So I I do camera, and then we also hired, uh, of course. We have a DP, and then we had friends who had cameras and students, or uh, recently graduated from cinema students who we were able to bring in, and and uh, yeah, so we all shoot. Oh, okay. And did Very you nice. have to like kind of uh, dog sled with 
the other mushers in That's order what to I kind of just ask. follow them around? Or did you just kind of like follow on in like an ATV or a small motorcycle or something to kind yeah, of get the shots it, you wanted? It is a little tricky because it's, um, you know, they get tangled. The dogs get tangled. They have mm-hmm. to get off and untangle them. It's mm-hmm. it's a little tricky with the camera. So we figured out ways around, around it uh, with the GoPros. We had GoPros set up with the the mushers and they tended to fall off or lose them or you I, know i was about to say because like i was waiting for that like that shot. gopro shot <laughs> yeah of, like, GoPro shot of, from, just, of just falling down to the ground of like <laughs> attached to one of the dogs as they're just sprinting yeah and of I, course we and, lost our we lost a couple of <laughs> gopros and didn't get the shot we wanted but luckily one of my former students uh was the drone operator did a beautiful job with that mm-hmm. and then yes i i did uh, shoot from an ATV and we have another uh, camera guy who shot on the uh, on the ATV so we did that it's a little bit more stable it's pretty hard to be steady with a on those rough roads with yeah. a camera mm-hmm. so even those shots didn't always work out so well so. did you basically run the copper dog 150 with them <laughs> or did you uh, did some of your crew um, just like uh, record them like just at specific points yeah we were out in the snow and at specific points so mm-hmm. that like that shot where they're coming toward the camera and it's nighttime mm-hmm. b and i were out in the woods deep in the snow waiting <laughs> for that at that perfect shot and uh yeah we had people at different places um in the woods um for the actual shooting of the um uh the race we had uh several crews we had three crews and and the drone operator and, and brought a friend in to line produce because it was in such a remote area mm-hmm. and it went over such a, a long, a wide distance. And also uh, communications are pretty rough up there. Yeah, People use walkie talkies. And um, yeah, so. And I'm sure it was just, granted, you're kind of used to the cold, but I'm, I would imagine just filming in that cold was just a dream, right? <laughs> super easy. Yeah, we, it was bloody cold. Yeah. It was really cold for the copper dog, that one race. And then with the Apostle Island shoot, it was snowing like crazy. So yeah, I could see though, there was a lot of snow going around. Yeah. So, I, I love that ruler at the beginning that's just like, oh, average snowfall. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's all the way. Tall, <laughs> and it's like record high. And then the lowest in recorded history is still like at 10 feet. I know. So I it's like, like, oh, okay. So that's what we're working with in this city. <laughs> Um, did you kind of like find yourself also because like um, I was kind of like just surprised to know because of the length of uh, some of these races since they span several days um, and also some of them are like not overnight but like just several hours long they also have like survival gear with them did you have to kind of like hoof it out into the woods every once in a while just to kind of like catch them during their race like just to record them do you have like a bunch of like camping gear and stuff well um i'm trying to think not really camping gear uh no we we drove over to certain areas and and stayed out there we were layered up definitely (laughs) layered up with good winter clothing and because i ski i I know how to dress for this kind of thing right um 
So you weren't one of the people that goes out and like, oh no, I've got I've got sweatpants, I'll be fine. And yeah. then, it'll be great. Yeah. What yeah. are long johns? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of our crew members went out and bought special clothes for the shoot. Yeah. I can imagine. The city folks. So you were dealing with a f- uh, multiple different subjects in multiple different cities across Wisconsin. And uh, how did that kind of work with your shooting schedule and how you uh, structured the movie? Because, like, did you have to work hard to, like, structure it and, like, get shots in a way that it would make sense for your film? Like, how, how long did you spend with each subject during that whole time? Right. Uh, well, Anu and I, um, we that was the beauty of collaborating as co-producer, co-directors, um, because we both have job, full-time jobs and used all our vacation time or long weekends right. <laughs> and got our, our crew to, you know, uh, so it was a small crew. So we split the responsibilities. And so um, I uh, worked with uh, one of Anu's uh, recent grads, Justin, who was also um, credited uh, as one of the DPs and uh, directors of photography and Jen Klein, uh, who, who will Kinsler, who will be here tomorrow. Um, she's our location sound person. So it was a, a three person crew who went up to Duluth and, um, and to the boundary waters area to shoot, um, some of those folks. Um, we all went out up together the first visits. Oh, okay. Um, and then, uh, at times I, I went up and shot some, um, long weekend shoots with the uh the beaver beavers and um and and martha so and i guess anu and i also went up and shot with um with blair braverman at her uh facility at her farm oh okay so we kind of took turns and we had different crews and we just worked it out and with anu and i we we have different uh, talents and skills and they complement each other so mm-hmm. you know different aspects of producing we take responsibility for and brought in different uh, crew crew members as well so over the course like uh, how long did it take you to kind of put all, all this together with the filming getting the people together to kind of get this storyline functional because like if i remember correctly the beginning of the movie started in like uh, uh, 2017, right. and then we cut back two years later at some point during the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right, and and then the pandemic kind of messed yeah. us up a little bit. But uh, yeah, we started pretty early, um, and it it did take about three years, and uh, mm-hmm. um, so the I guess from the time we first discovered this culture up in the uh, upper peninsula um going up that following summer and starting to shoot uh we actually took a couple of summers we tried to get everything in in one summer we were trying to get um work with our characters and record our characters lives as mushers uh throughout the seasons oh okay that was the idea and so you'll see autumn um pictures Mm -hmm. and spring and summer although we don't really 
uh, talk about that in the film, you kind of get a sense, I think. Okay. Right. I think Martha it did feel like it was a, yeah, because it was like mentioned, but I was just like, okay, they're going through like a year right now. I just want to make sure I'm caught up. They are training for this. Yeah, yeah. So now the age old uh, story in Hollywood is never shoot with kids and never shoot with animals. How was it like shooting with a bunch of sled dogs uh, for this movie? Did they did were there any difficulties you experienced while trying to shoot movie up about sled dogs? And how hard was it to not pet them? <laughs> oh, <laughs> very. We did pet them though. <laughs> oh yeah. And they would come up and try and lick our lenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I imagine. You know, put their noses in in our lenses, and you know, cat and and eat the uh, fuzzy. Uh, monkey, yeah. of course which is the windscreen on the microphone right <laughs> because it looks a lot like a little cat <laughs> so it's also called a dead cat by yeah. some uh filmmakers yeah so um yes well with the kids it was it was pretty easy with they had you know parents around and they were very excited about being in the film and we really do that style of filmmaking like the fly in the wall uh observers mm-hmm. um so we try we don't interact uh all the time with our with our subjects we're just filming and sometimes asking them questions and of course doing our our main interviews but um, and then, of course, when, when I went back down to Chicago after that first time, Anu and I were talking about doing a, a film about dogs because we had done a few films and we were ready to try and make a film about not about people. <laughs> <laughs> and so we really wanted to focus just on the dogs and the dogs as characters. Right. But that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. We had kind of had to abandon that idea. No, you met halfway. You made a movie about dog people. So I mean, it's. I think you still you still got what you wanted. Um, yeah, and uh, the Bieber sisters were like looked very hardworking um, uh, and very focused. Yeah, they were very mature. Like they didn't try to uh, play up to the camera. Like look at. The, I don't know. I, I assume that there are shots where they just like try to do stuff, to cool stuff in front of the camera, mm-hmm. um, and just like look at the lens. And then Kelsey would have to tell her sisters, like, stop it. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. It was cute. Those yeah. kids were so cute. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so with, like, the subjects and whatnot, I mean, yeah, I, I know you're kind of focusing on, like, dog sledding and them as racers in this, like, sport. Uh, what was it like kind of getting into their lives specifically when it comes to this? Because they seem to kind of open themselves up to you. And that's a very personal thing to do with documentaries and filmmaking. How, how did you, uh, how, how did you deal with that? How did you work that into your film? Good question. Um, I think that's one of the, uh, the things that is uh, quite challenging for this kind of film and filmmaking. Um, that's why we do spend quite a lot of time, sometimes two or three years doing this kind of film. Uh, because you have to develop a certain trust with your subjects and you get to be close. You get to know them well and, you know, it's a certain kind of personality who can get the trust with people, a conversational kind of um, interaction. And, uh, yeah, I think um, 
I think also that certain uh, people maybe did, didn't make the final cut because there wasn't a connection or there was a little bit of, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in, yeah. in being part of this. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a little tricky, but we, we worked really well with our subjects. And, uh, and we also, what we do with most of these kinds of documentaries is we offer, if, if our subjects are a little reluctant or worried about how they will um, be portrayed, um, we offer uh, to show them the footage right. um, before we release the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is something that some filmmakers do. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Um, one of the characters that like really stood out in the movie, um, I can't remember his name, but he's kind of just like the mentor that has been going around in every show, always with Kelsey and like basically just showing her uh, the I ropes. think that was her dad. Yeah, I think that was the dad. No, the right. retired. Uh, the oh, retired. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that guy. Okay. The one that was like showing her, like, as soon as the race is done, you need to like yeah. tell your handlers to get the food. Get the yeah, race. he's like the he's part of the old guard. He's yeah, the, yeah, he's yeah. The celebrity he's he's so great. He's um, so he was a he was a musher. Yeah. yeah. Did you um kind of like uh film more stuff with him that didn't make it into the movie, or did he was he just kind of reluctant to be like such a main character in it and wanted everyone else to be like the center point of the film? Yeah, more more the latter. He uh, definitely um, was. Uh, I think when we were shooting the very Tay style footage, he was um, always um, kind of at the races, mentoring. Yeah, he was like uh, all the kids, of them. Yeah. and he's kind of a granddad. Yeah, and um, uh, and a good friend of the Bieber family, so they know uh, they know each other well. And, um, yeah, so. He's not just some stranger that keeps showing up to the house talking <laughs> to their kids. <laughs> um, he's, he's the uncle from the family that's, like, twice removed and then shows up and everyone's like, hey! Yeah. So, what, this, this, is, this is something I probably should have asked earlier, but uh, you've talked about, like, the style of documentary. What got you into filmmaking in general? What made filmmaking the medium through which you wanted to tell these stories and express these ideas um well i made my first film when i was 15 a little animated piece so i've been doing it for a little while (laughs) and uh i I was i was in uh the ad ad world photography and photoshop and you know ended up getting back into film and doing a master's in film at columbia college chicago um and um and started doing fiction films, I really wanted to learn how to tell a story because the work I was doing was more experimental. And uh, and when I was there, a lot of people, because I was a, a camera person, a lot of doc people started asking me to shoot uh, their films. And I think it was through working with uh, documentary filmmakers who were studying that form that I got into... Um, making films and it kind of mushroomed from there you know you start working with your your colleagues your classmates and uh and then they and we graduate and we're still working together and then we're calling you know it's sort of mushrooms from there you make a film and then someone calls you to make another film or you pitch a story to your friends who you really love working with and yeah 
or COVID happens and yeah, one of and you then... and one of you ropes the other two into a movie podcast and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about you, Mike? You've been quiet. Uh, I wanted to get to know more about the uh, Copper Dog One Fifty. Uh, it was me- it was touched lightly by I believe uh, Kelsey how she mentioned like there's a lot of women that uh, do that one in particular, but as like the uh, days go on, it starts to become more, or the, lo- the longer the races, uh, it tends to be more male dominated. So I, I, I still don't know how popular the copper uh, 150, uh, dog 150 is. And I was wondering if you could shed some light on that. Um, yeah. So what's interesting um, about the, uh, Copper Dog and the Apostle Island, some of the other mm-hmm. uh, Lake Superior races, and now there's a number of them uh, along that shore. Uh, there was one recently, the Bear Grease, um, and that is a bit longer. I think that's a also a um, what do you call it? Um, sorry, qualifier. Mm, okay. For the Iditarod, and it was Blair Braverman who oh, you're talking okay. about, Got who it. did do the Iditarod. And sorry, I was trying to remember Lloyd's name, the grand, the grandfather, yes, the okay. figure. Sorry, okay. was, sometimes, yeah. Um, it was like three years ago, I think. That yeah. you finished filming. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen it enough. That I shouldn't. Yeah, remember his name. <laughs> terrible. My apologies. I get the names uh, mixed yeah. up. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Um, Blair and her partner did the Iditarod as well. So the Iditarod is a very big deal. Yeah, a thousand miles. Yeah. And, uh, and as you can see by, by this, it's a tremendous, uh, just, I think, the cost of getting up there. Is that like the World Series of like dog sledding? It essentially? is. Oh, yes. well, it's okay. the only one I've ever heard of. Therefore, yeah. like it's the most mainstream one. Therefore, it's like everyone. You know. uh, yeah, everyone asks about the idea to rod. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Blair qualified for it the year, the last year we did. We shot the uh, Copper Dog, and so she sat out the race. Right. And yeah. she and Q, her partner, went up to Alaska. And lived off the grid as they prepared for the Iditarod. Mm-hmm. Well, Blair and Q are authors. Blair works for Outdoor Magazine. I mean, I we didn't know that when we found them on this circuit. <laughs> it was just, yeah. whoa, this is really interesting. And then when you found it out, you're just like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she wrote the book the books and uh, mm-hmm. the book that she's she's talking about in the um the book reading that she does right. and uh yeah very interesting but yeah it's it's uh interesting that well the seem to be a lot more women uh mushers at these smaller races and a great deal has to do with you know the work they do as mm-hmm. moms like with alex the veterinarian she has two teenage boys uh and yeah, a family job, yeah. yep and uh, you guys would know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, having been teenage boys. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's it's just a lot of uh, money and, and hard work. And you have to take a huge amount of time out of your life to devote mm-hmm. to training for something like an, a thousand-mile race like that. Right. Uh, was the Iditarod ever uh, in the scope of what you wanted uh, to be in this film because like i noticed that you yeah you just you told uh like in a small excerpt at the end about um alex uh going to alaska 
um, but did you want to include that in the film or did you uh, want it to like really focus on, in on just the Midwest? Right. We, we actually did talk about going to the Idea to Rod and following Blair and Q up there, but we just didn't have it in the budget. Right. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. In our lives. Uh, the nice thing about <laughs> this being in the upper Midwest, although it's a nine hour drive to get up to Cobber Harbor. Right. It was still doable. Yeah. But the cost to, you know, get to Alaska and everything for, for all of us would have been a little bit too, you know, too strenuous out, out of our budget. A, a little much. It would have been fun. I mean, it would have been. Oh, great. yeah. <laughs> we but we were we were writing grants and um, paying for some of it out of pocket. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Right. Yeah. And like uh, I believe you said, filmmaking was also just um, a side project. Like all, everyone in the team has a ninety-five uh, or like career. Well, some uh, a couple of guys, Nick Numerdor, um, who was our uh, one of our editors, Sharon Zurk, uh, and Nick both are editors. And Nick and um, Alex, uh, another friend, uh, have a small film company Uh Mm -hmm. so they make uh films about you know interesting cultures but on the side they're doing industrials and educationals and working with theaters so you know there were some people there are some people on the film who are professional you know industry filmmakers maria who is uh she's a line producer uh entering the copper dog race she's out in la and she works on industry films so we did have a few people who work and they're old friends who we went to school with, but they have uh, video companies, film companies, or work on, on films year-round. Oh, okay. oh, wow. And Anu and I both teach film as well, and B also. Where do you teach at? So I teach uh, a couple of classes at Columbia College, Chicago. Oh, okay. And uh, Anu is a professor at DePaul University. Uh, she develops programs, um, film programs, and, uh, and I'm now teaching documentary production at College of DuPage, uh, which is uh, just outside of, uh, in a suburb of Chicago. Okay. So are there any, like, current projects that you're working on, or do you have any kind of just, like, stories you want to pursue probably in the future? Yes. Uh, actually, most, most of us are working on more than one project at a time at different stages of development right, right now yeah. i'm working on a film we're kind of um in post-production we're doing a little bit more shooting some animation but it's about um a monument that's being made uh, to uh, the great um ida b wells um okay so uh that okay. film um we're following the sculptor Richard Hunt, who went to the School of the Art Institute. He's 87 now. He's still making sculptures. As a matter of fact, <laughs> he's making the sculpture that's going to be in the uh, Obama Library. Oh. And he okay. made this massive, beautiful sculpture that's in the um, Smithsonian Museum to the American Culture, American History. Oh, wow. Um, that's massive massive well the film the uh, sculpture the monument he made to ida b wells is six tons of bronze it's his work is abstract Uh and it is uh installed in bronzeville where uh the ida b wells homes were so we follow we kind of weave the story of the work of ida b wells with uh the work 
that Richard Hunt uh, is doing as a sculptor. Oh, okay. And and so talking about monuments, talking about um, the famous pamphlet that Ida B. Wells wrote, the anti-lynching pamphlet, you know, connected. She was an incredible journalist and activist during uh, at the turn of the century right. and was uh, one of the pioneers of investigative reporting as well as being one of the founders of the NWACP. Um, she was a suffragist and, um, and took the information from the United States about what was going on in the South at that time to Europe and talked about her anti-lynching campaign to people in England and France. So her story is very important to us because it's not a story that was written in our history books, really. Right, yeah. So mm-hmm. very few people know about these important pioneers and, and activists. Um, so so quite a different leap than dog's letting. Yeah, I was going to say that is a way different direction. <laughs> quite different. <laughs> um, so for filming for that, uh, did you have to like go very far for long stretches of time? Or I don't know where Richard Hunt specifically is stationed. His studio, his gorgeous studio is probably about 20 minutes from my house so i'm sensing the pattern is that you'd like to only stay within that quarter of the u.s <laughs> well we did shoot down in mississippi and in memphis tennessee last right. uh, a couple of summers ago because that's where ida b wells's press was destroyed she had her own newspaper there and we followed that story of uh her birthplace in mississippi holly springs mississippi where her Mm-hmm. Uh, parents were enslaved. Um, her parents passed away during the pandemic of that era, and she ended up taking care of her brothers and sisters. And really, uh, her story is very interesting. So we follow her story up to where when she leaves, she had to flee Memphis, uh, or she would have been lynched herself probably, and yeah. fled to Chicago. So then her story. Um, her story ends up in Chicago, and that's where Richard Hunt works. Wow! From that's wow, that is a tale. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, how did you get in touch with Richard in the first place? Hmm. Oh, um, a friend of a friend. Of friend? A friend. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We called him. <laughs> Richard, hi. Oh, we, can we, talk we ran to your into each other at the grocery store. We because both we were reached, both in Chicago. We both reached for the same loaf of bread. And, <laughs> and he so. just flat out mentioned, I'm building a sculpture. <laughs> to Ida B. Wells. I heard you're a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, my co producer, Rana Siegel, probably uh, reached out to him. Um, and his assistant. And then we ended up doing this great shoot at his studio. Mm-hmm. That was amazing because it's really big and the work he's doing is massive. I mean, I would imagine if you're doing a six-ton sculpture, you need a lot of room. A lot of space. <laughs> There's also yeah. kind now of He like, does it in public, just yeah. right out in the open. There's kind of like a stereotype with like art students that the entire... Uh, because like a, a, a party at an art school is apparently just like covered in just abstract costumes and yeah. sculptures. I imagine his place is a little bit like that. Yeah, I had a, a lot of fun taking photographs there and filming his work. That sounds cool. So um, with Musher, uh, I'm assuming you're still going to more film festivals after this one. 
But out of, out of curiosity, um, this is one we always like to ask, like, filmmakers, if Musher did exactly what you wanted it to do, what would that look like? What? Um, yeah, it's going, uh, we're going to be at Oceanside Film Festival next weekend and Bel- Beloit International, which is only an hour from Chicago, so that's exciting. Um, then we're also an Ethnograph Film Festival in Paris. Um mm and a few others. Uh, so that's, of course, we're at the kind of the end of our fest run. We were in 40 film festivals last year and now over 10. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and we started talking to distributors. Mm-hmm. So that is what uh, the next steps will be, is figuring out how to, how we want to distribute the film and get it on PBS. There's a friend, we were in a Sinkport film festival in the UK last year, uh-huh. and uh, they showed it on a documentary station, and they want to do more of that. So some of the festivals have connections with local uh, public uh, TV stations and, uh, and documentary stations, and they're contacting us about uh, screening the film um, on their on their public that's amazing yeah on their tv stations nice that's great uh is this uh is this uh documentary like a bit well known um in like wisconsin or like do do the people uh up in the midwest like know about this movie and like kind of just are excited to see what it looks like or have you like shown it to them already or what's it yeah yeah we're we're right in the middle of actually showing it in the midwest i mean we showed it last Last weekend at Frozen River Film Festival and another one at called End of the Road Film Festival. Those two are in Minnesota. One is way up north um, in the Boundary Waters area. Uh, and Frozen River is kind of on the border of, of Minnesota and um, Wisconsin. Um, and yes, we're we're showing it to a few more people up in the Midwest, and we're going to have a screening at Columbia College Chicago in March, mm-hmm. March twenty second, I believe. So that's exciting. So we'll have our local, our friends, and the, the local Chicago folks out mm-hmm. to see it. Um, but yeah, ideally, I think getting some kind of uh, distribution, yeah. and uh, you know, on on a major. Um, broadcast i think netflix or i, I don't know it, it would feel at home um on some of the like uh, educational like streaming services yeah. or like uh channels like uh, canopy yeah mm-hmm. um or what's the what's the one that a bunch of like youtubers are have collabed on I, curiosity oh, stream curiosity yeah curiosity oh, stream really i'll have to Put that one down in my notebook here. Yeah, Curiosity Stream is supposed to be a streaming service that has a lot of educational content and a lot of like nonfiction. It's a built up by a lot of um, educational YouTubers. Oh, good. Like science YouTubers. Um, So that was like, and it's beyond just like science. It's also like film and other stuff. Well, reach out to them. Also, someone was talking about, you know, Patagonia and. and some of the outdoor magazines also have film-related uh, uh, streaming. So I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, your public local library also. <laughs> yeah. 
Just that... anyone who will have a screen, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with it, with everything being said about Musher and, like, all the work you put into it, uh, how did you feel uh, at the end once, like, filming was done and you were kind of, like, ready to go? Did you get... Did you become attached to, like, the racers and your subjects and kind of feel sad leaving them and just kind of going off and finishing it? Or Yeah, it's funny. We Well, we do stay in touch. And through social media, we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, and um, um, Instagram accounts. So I continually post um, information about their upcoming races and... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, screenings and everything. So we're in touch and talking to each other all the time mm-hmm. over social media and kind of promoting each other's sports and right. work yeah. and everything. So that's exciting. And, um, yeah, it's always, uh, I think we, we do end up uh, missing the doing that part of the documentary. But then the work of editing uh took a long time yeah and i believe it and that's the a whole other telling of the story that work that goes into editing is is huge it's it's the the other story storytellers right uh the editors working with the directors and the producers i mean editing can make or break a movie too absolutely i mean you can get all the best footage in the world you want but if it's not edited properly it's going to be nothing yeah, and we were so lucky to have Nick Numerdor and Sharon Zurich uh, working on it because they did a beautiful job. Yeah. What about you guys? You got any more questions? Uh, do you have any, like, uh, updates on um, the characters that you followed through in the movie? Because, like, Kelsey would be, like, 15 now, I think, right? Oh, yes. I had beautiful pictures of her doing, you know, high school graduation. <laughs> Graduating at, like, 15 or? No. Well, she was, um, must have been, it must have been middle school, but oh. she looks like a high schooler. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. She had a gown <laughs> on, so. Uh, yeah, I know. In my mind. But, uh, yeah, she's super smart. Uh-huh. And she's doing really well. Um so it's fun on on Facebook and those kinds of social media places to to see what's going on in their lives. Um, Blair has another book out, and uh, she, well, she did another book with Q after the Iditarod. Uh, Martha continues to race. Oh, that's cool! And has uh, a grandchild who is racing. He's a little. <laughs> he's really little, uh-huh. and he's. You know, out there doing these kids races. He's got already. his own like little rugrat side. Yeah, <laughs> dog sled. How and how young they start these. Yeah. Kids. a group of puppies yeah. pushing yeah. them, pulling them along. Yeah, and or it's Alex. just one single dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, they do that. Yeah. And yeah. Alex, the veterinarian, now has her own kennel, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and she um, has a lot more dogs. So she's getting. Uh, after the movie, she kind of got more into I mean, it. Into it, yeah. Because, yeah. like, uh, if I remember correctly, um, she was like veterinarian, like more than mushroom. Right. And then slowly, like, because you put in like just a small uh, blurb about how everyone left off. She went off grid to train for the Iditarod, and then just put more energy into uh, dog sledding, which kind of just shows the. It's kind of like the. The, the message and the theme of this movie is just like the passion uh, these right. players have um, in like investing so much of their life into it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, any other questions you guys have? All right. Well, uh, you know what? I really appreciate the time you've taken to talk mm-hmm. with us. Uh, we, I thought the movie was very uh, interesting. I, I enjoyed kind of seeing a part of dog race, dog sledding that, like, the only thing I ever knew about dog sledding was the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. Uh, <laughs> so, Snow Dogs. Right. So, I was like... Which I think you referenced in the movie. Yeah, yeah. because it, it, it took me, like, hours. Because I'm like, I know there's a movie with Cuba Gooding Jr. about dog sledding. It exists. And these two are like, we have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's a thing. So, I was frantically on, like, yeah, the internet was. trying to find it. And then I finally found it. But, um... No, it's it was a very interesting movie, and again, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. And before we kind of wrap it up, is there anything you wanted to shout out? Any other projects of yours you wanted to get out there? Well, thanks, you guys. It was really fun doing this. Appreciate it, um, and uh, glad you liked the film. Um, uh, yeah, shout out um, well to our amazing crew, of course, and Jen uh, Kingsler will be here tomorrow. Our one of our main location sound people. Um, and the film will be screening at 9.15 tomorrow morning in the Harkin uh, Theater. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's uh, what this is called. That's right here. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, just, uh, I guess that's about it. I have a couple of other films I'm working on, but... Too early to shout them out quite yeah, yet. Yeah. Yeah, that makes <laughs> you sense. You do have that's a fair. website and Facebook. Which I do, yes. Actually, if you go to musherdocumentary.com, you can find out when the next screenings are coming up and see a little bit more about the mushers who are in the film. And uh, yeah, and there's the QR code, both yeah. on the poster that's in the lobby over here mm-hmm. and uh, on the business card. So, yeah, and yeah. I think on your Facebook, you're also posting just other young uh dog sled mushers yes uh, i think like yesterday there was like a little boy that you were shouting out that's the, that's martha's grandson yeah. Oh, yeah. there we go this little guy he looks like he's about four or something <laughs> yeah. he was born the day before martha won came first in first place at the copper dog 150 wow that's impressive that's so, it was a good omen it was a big a big yeah. weekend for the family imagine <laughs> Well, with that, uh, thank you for tuning in to Cinema Buns. You could well, watch. suppose it's time to go. Yeah. And you know how these... Uh, Is this the Midwest? The, yeah. the, these yeah. Midwest goodbyes are. Um, I, can, <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear the cheese coming from here. Um, you, so the, that means we're going to extend this episode about two more hours as we're at the door. But everyone's <laughs> going to be actively inching towards the exit, but just still not leaving. Laurie's um, going to be in her car, and we're just outside of her window, yeah, and we're like, hey, your tires look a little bit flat. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you pull up to the garage? Uh, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bun Cinema. You can find us at Patreon.com slash Cinema Buns. Uh, and you can find us on every podcast platform. With that, I'm Ritter. I'm Mike. Tell your folks I says hi. <laughs> Have a good one. Watch with us for cinema bar.